Hey everyone, welcome to our Beautiful Suffering Podcast. I'm so glad that you're tuning in today. I pray that you will remember you can find purpose in your pain. Check out today's episode. We're going to be talking about why I wrote this book. And we're talking about this idea of reframing first how we see suffering. But before we can reframe how we see suffering, we have to normalize suffering. When we normalize it, this is what normalizing suffering pretty much is saying. Suffering happens in everyone's life. Everybody goes through some type of pain. Everyone goes through some type of hardship, some type of trial, some type of, uh, of, of contending. Everyone goes through something. If anything, the things that we go through are the things that makes us human, makes us normal and makes us relatable. So if we can actually help people normalize the truth that we all will face some kind of suffering, it doesn't become so overwhelming when it comes. And I grew up in church. I, I became a Christian when I was about 11 years old. And I grew up um, where a lot of us in that age group was, was going to church and going to Bible studies and praying and reading our Bibles every day. I remember even in those times, like praying and believing for God to uh, one day give me a wife and bless me with a wife in the future. But we were really in the bomb. Um, uh, we had a, a strong uh, circle of, of Christians where we were staying strong in our faith. But in that upbringing for me, what happened along the way is though my faith was often um, strengthened, I was always reading my Bible and praying, I kind of had the wrong idea where I kind of had the wrong perspective of the gospel. So I was almost like feeling like, okay, if I love God and I read my Bible and I pray every day, right? That song, read your Bible, pray every day and you'll grow, grow, grow. And if I uh, get involved in ministry, then my life will be good. Like no bad things going to happen to me because I'm doing all of the good things. But how many people know that bad things do happen to good people? So what happens sometimes if we're not careful is we can serve, we can become uh, Christians or depending on what your you know views are, um, we can try to be, be, uh, be good people or be moral, depending on, like I said, your views and sometimes doing good deeds. That's what I'm trying to say. Sometimes we may try to do good deeds and thinking that the good deeds will merit us, um, uh, 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 like a free pass from pain and suffering. It's like, man, why am I going through this? I'm a good person. I, I give to the poor or I, I give to organizations or I donate or I have, I take care of my children or I love my spouse and something. And what happens is this then causes us to, to subscribe to this idea that we're bad things aren't supposed to happen or if bad things happen. That means something may be wrong with us. But I want to tell you that bad things do happen and tough times do come and it's normal. It's normal that we'll face hardships that will face bad news. It's normal that um, you might, that we get those calls, right? That we don't want to get. Now it's not saying that I'm speaking these negative things over us or saying that, um, you know, to expect bad or to expect the worst or to expect negative things. It's not what I'm saying at all, but it's the, it's the idea that suffering is normal. It's normal that these things happen. So when we normalize suffering, it takes away a little bit of the shock factor when it takes place. Now we still get shocked when things happen. There's no real way to prepare um, for, you know, really, really hard things. But at least we can now say, okay, this is not strange. Matter of fact, there's a Bible verse that talks about how thinking not strange, as scripture says, when we face trials of many sorts, because these trials come to produce character, come to produce perseverance and long suffering and different words that's, um, that's laid out in that particular scripture. So suffering is normal. <laughs> suffering is normal. And that's the first thing that I want to say. Suffering is normal. But we have to reframe how we see suffering. Sometimes what happens is when we see people going through um, hardships, there is this misconception sometimes that people are going through hardships because they did something wrong. I'm reminded of the Bible story where 
Jesus is coming to heal people and they'll say, hey, what sin did he commit or what what's what sins did his parents commit? And that actual uh, sickness or that need that that person has is or the illness that someone might have may be uh, falsely attributed to some area of sin. Not everything that we deal with, not every suffering or pain that we deal with is because of sin or like a sin that we've committed or a sin that we have fallen short of or that something is wrong with you. Many people are, many people have um, experienced cancer. Many people are believing for children. Many people have lost a job. Not mess, not, some people lost jobs because of work ethic issues, right? And some people, you know, don't come on time and don't know how to get their work done. So, I mean, the exception of those times where it's actually justified that people may lose a job, but people go through things like in the pandemic. Um, there was all kinds of people, um, being laid off because of, um, budget issues or budget cuts. Like these things happen all the time. And when these things happen, it's easy to look at ourselves and say, man, something must be wrong with me because this is happening to me. And that's, one of the main reasons I wrote this book, sometimes it's not because you've done something wrong that you're dealing with pain. Sometimes it's not because you've committed a sin that you're dealing with pain. Sometimes it's not because you made a bad decision that you're dealing with pain. Sometimes it's not because you didn't pray this morning that you're dealing with pain. Sometimes it's not because maybe you didn't read your Bible today that you're dealing with sin. Sometimes, or dealing with pain, I keep that mess up, I messed the whole thing up, but dealing with pain, I should say, or dealing with suffering, it's not sometimes because of you that you're dealing with suffering. There are some self-inflicted suffering that people experience through in life, experience in life, but sometimes things happen because we are living in the world. Sometimes these things happen because we're actually, we're living, we're living in the world we're living in a, a society where we know that we live in a society where there is sin involved and we know that we live in a society of things that happen that we can't control. There are people who get drunk and drive and get into accidents or crash into different people or there's just things that happen. So suffering is normal and suffering, it happens in any one of our lives. Instead of seeing it as a, seeing it as something that happened because of something wrong that we've done. Let's reframe how we see it. Let's reframe how we see suffering and first seeing it as normal. It happens. And instead of uh, 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 being completely surprised and shocked or discouraged when it happens, what I want to encourage you and why I wrote this book is to try to see if there's a possibility that you can reframe how you see that very bad situation that you're experiencing. Perhaps there's something good that can come out of it. Perhaps there's something positive that could come out of it. And I'm sure many people can relate when you've been through some Job seasons where it's like one thing after the next, like something is always happening. One thing about the story of Job that people don't realize is that uh, when Job was faced with all of these trials, he was faced with all of these trials specifically because God was having a conversation with Satan. And he said, have you considered my servant Job? <laughs> That's a word for someone. Sometimes when you go through those Job-like situations, it's because God is allowing it because he trusts that you can go through it and still keep your faith in him. Because he trusts that you can go through it and still keep your hope in him. Because he trusts that you can go through it and still not lose faith. Now you might be discouraged, you might have some ups and downs in the midst of it, but that you won't denounce your faith. Man, so if you're going through a tough time, think about it, man, I I, I wonder why, it, why God is entrusting me to go through this or allowing me to go through this. So the first thing I'm mentioning here is that we, it's reframing how we, how we see suffering. Another thing that I want to also help in this book on uh, many people is also reframe how we process healing. 
And this might be uncomfortable for many people because, you know, many people have a maybe a Pentecostal background or many, many people have a, a, a hyper spiritual background where it's just, you know, sometimes, um, you know, name it and claim it and um, just whatever is happening, like we just could pray it away. But how many people know that there are sometimes situations in life that you can't pray away? Some situations, it's finding God in the midst of it, not running away from the situation. But sometimes um, sickness is one of those kinds of things. Not every Christian who has a sickness is struggling in sin. And also not every sickness that some people are walking through are going to go away sometimes. There are some things that, that there are Christians who have died from cancer. There are Christians who have um, endured through maybe uh, diabetes. There's Christians on dialysis on dialysis right now. And it's not because of a lack of faith. And that's what I wanted to reframe. Sometimes we look at these sicknesses in life and view it as it's because my faith is lacking that I'm going through this or I'm not praying hard enough. That's why I'm not healed. When you look at the life of Christ, yes, Jesus healed bodies and he healed um, sicknesses and he healed different issues. But when you look deeper into those scriptures, beyond the healing, he's transforming a life. Beyond the healing, he's restoring someone's faith. Beyond the healing, he's restoring someone's perspective of who he is. And this is why I, this is another reason why I wrote this book, because we have to recognize that some uh, uh, healing is beyond physical sickness. When God is healing the soul, it's way beyond a physical healing. This is why when you go to a funeral and someone may have passed away, you can see all kinds of moments of reconciliation and forgiveness and people extending grace to one another. So now that actual situation of death is bringing life to many. I'm not speaking gloom and doom over our lives, but the point that I'm seeing is that there are sometimes we can limit healing to just physical uh, um, conditions being better or physical symptoms being better. There are some physical symptoms that God allows or some sickness, some physical symptoms that's related to sickness that God allows, not inflicts, but allows because he's doing a deeper work in our lives. So why did I write this book? Number one, to reframe how we see suffering and two, to reframe how we process and endure and our, how we understand healing, reframe how we understand healing. That's why the book is the book is called Beautiful Suffering. And it says finding purpose in your pain. You can find purpose in your pain. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what um, uh, what you may go through in the future, or what you've been through, but you can find purpose in pain. Pain can be repurposed for good. Bad things do happen to good people, but God can bring good things out of bad situations, right? Um, um, you can repurpose how you see your pain, repurpose. The, the pain can be repurposed to serve and help many other people. There are people who have endured through cancer that become, that become passionate advocates of, of healing and restoration and hope for other people who've been through cancer. There are people who have experienced um, joblessness or unemployment that become a, a channel of hope for other people who have lost a job. There are people who have experienced, um, um, what do you call those things, uh, um, um, where you lose a child. There are people who have lost children, right, and been through miscarriages, and then they, and they're able to utilize those stories of miscarriages to, in, to inspire hope to others of what it's like to get through this. The thing that you're going through, the situation of pain that you have going on in your life or you have experienced in your life or maybe might experience in the future can be utilized to inspire hope to other people. 
So you can find purpose in your pain. So why beautiful suffering? Beautiful suffering is an anthem. Beautiful suffering is not just a book. Beautiful suffering is not just, you know, um, words, 50,000 words. Beautiful suffering is an anthem to inspire hope for those who has experienced pain, to inspire hope for those who have experienced suffering, to inspire hope, to inspire hope for those who have experienced maybe someone who lost their life to cancer. And you will be surprised that sometimes when you come to an end of yourself, right? When you come to the end of yourself or the end of a situation that might be painful, it's at that point that you push and you propelled, you're propelled towards your destiny. And many times, many great innovations come through pain. Many great innovations come through a scarcity or a limited, um, limited supplies and resources. Maybe when people run out of something, they think of something different in that painful situation brought about an actual innovation to inspire and help many other people. So why beautiful suffering? Beautiful suffering is an anthem. It's an anthem for those who go through pain. It's an anthem for someone who is in pain right now to look at your painful situation and say, I'm in this situation and I'm not going to lose hope. I'm in this situation and I'm not going to, and I'm not going to lose, um, um, joy. I, I might have moments where I've experienced anxiety, but it's to, and that's part of it. It's to normalize the natural, uh, 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 ability for anybody to experience, um, anxiety, to experience, um, frustrations, but it's to say that I'm, I'm going to lean into this moment and I'm not going to give up. I'm going to lean into this moment and this situation is going to be turned around for good to help someone. I might feel depressed or anxious right now. Many people are, there are many Christians who are on medication, which I believe God can, you know, help restore through, through that. But there are many times where you may have to. And in those moments, you can say, look, I'm not losing hope because this situation is going to help someone. It's going to bring hope to someone. It's going to bring strength to someone. So I'm not going to give up. It's beautiful suffering. God gives beauty for ashes. God alone, he gives beauty for ashes. So there may be situations in your life that are filled with ashes and filled with despair and filled with discomfort and filled maybe with even discouragement, but God can literally bring hope and bring joy and bring beauty for those ashes. God makes beautiful things like that old song. I think it's Michael Gunger, like out of dust, out of us. He makes beautiful things out of painful situations. God is able to do that. So beautiful suffering, finding purpose in your pain. And last but not least, what I do want to share is even how I got to even bringing this uh, book about. So the reason why or what, why this is important to me is because back in 2019, you hear me share this from time to time, but back in 2019, it was a very, very tough year. I experienced all kinds of health challenges. I experienced all kinds of, um, um, I was dealing with depression. I was dealing with anxiety. Um, I was hormonal imbalances. It's being transparent that I was experiencing. I was experiencing so much pain. I could not figure it out. I was burnt out. I didn't want to do anything because I could not figure out what was wrong with me. I thought maybe I was, maybe I was um, experiencing, uh, maybe I was diabetic, maybe, or maybe um, there was something wrong with my, 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 I don't, I don't know what I thought it was. I just knew something was wrong and I couldn't figure out what was going on. So I went from April to May to June, July, August, September, not knowing what was going on and just having all kinds of things in my body be like completely out of whack. To the point where in January 2020, I started seeing a therapist and I started, uh, I finally got a, a better physical doctor and a good physician. A, a, and my doctor actually is a Christian as well. You don't have to have a Christian doctor, but I was grateful to have one. Um, but, and I remember all of those who were, who, who, who were, uh, 
um, helping me to be restored back to health. They encouraged me to, me to actually take a sabbatical. So I took a sabbatical. I took an extended time off um, in February and I came back on the first week of March and then boom, pandemic hits. And it's a whole nother aspect of sabbatical, right? Or I should say just discomfort and all that. Which you hear me share this story from, story from time to time. But while I was going through the sabbatical and going through the health changes and going through the challenges, I did not fully understand why it was happening to me. I'm like, man, I tithe. You know, I love the Lord. I take care of my wife. Like, why is this happening to me? I mean, can this happen to somebody else? Like, what's going on? And I couldn't figure it out. And it's not until I stopped asking for God to take it away that I began to actually find strength. I lean, I began to actually lean into the moment and say, okay, hmm, I wonder if God is allowing this for my good. And this is one thing I'll share. Um, I, I do want to share this one in, in another um, conversation, but I'll share this just because I want to share it with you. Sometimes this is tough. It's a tough truth. And, that, and I, I want to be as truthful with you as possible. There are some times in our lives where one of the worst things that could happen to us is God give us what we want. God was trying to help me to re, re, completely revamp how I rest or revamp to actually prioritize rest. God was actually wanting to challenge me to be able to learn how to prioritize being refueled, to prioritize how to take care of me because there's this misconception that self-care is selfish. Self-care is not selfish because if you're not doing well, you're not gonna be good to anyone, right? So what I'm saying is, is that if God were to allow what I was going through to completely be wiped away and be back to normal, I would have still had destructive behaviors that would have probably drew me back to the same places that I was. So I actually began to say, hmm, I wonder if God is allowing this to keep me dependent on him. Now, I'm not trying to preach, but I do want to share this in a very practical way. The Bible talks about this guy named Paul and Paul um, having a thorn in his side. And the Bible says to keep Paul from being conceited, there was a thorn assigned to his flesh. We don't know if the thorn was a was sickness. We don't know if the thorn was a pain. We don't know what it was. But I begin to ask myself, I wonder if this is a thorn, which is a chapter in the book. There's a chapter actually called The Thorn. I'm going to tell you what chapter it is just to kind of give a little a little uh, teaser, um, but there is a chapter. What chapter is it? Boom. The thorn is chapter four. But I'm like, man, I wonder if this is a thorn. If this is a thorn, it's time for me to stop praying for God to heal me and rather that he would make me whole. There's a difference between being healed and being whole. Healing has to do with, uh, uh, let's just say healing has to do with symptoms while being whole has to do with the roots. Healing has to do with um you know, the, the actual things that's happening, the symptomatic issues while being made whole has to do with the roots. When I begin to stop fighting God and say, and stop fighting for God to try to heal me and lean in and trust him, it's at that point that I said, man, I wonder if suffering could be beautiful. I wonder if this pain I'm going through of all these health changes and all these emotional changes and mental changes and, 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 and physical changes. I wonder if something beautiful could come out of this or in the midst of it. And that's, and that's, the, and that's the point I'm saying. We can think differently when we're going through pain. We can live differently when we're going through pain. We can actually, you know, the main point, the main thing that God allows through suffering, as I'm starting to wind down here, the one of the main things that God allows through suffering 
is for us to know how to love well. <laughs> to, for us to be able to love well. To love others well, to love our, our, our loved ones well, to, to, to demonstrate the love of God well. Suffering perfects our love. Suffering perfects us. Suffering sanctifies us. Suffering helps us to be able to love better. Matter of fact, because of some of the things I've been through, it helps me to even have more compassion for those who are going through pain. Before I rush in putting my hands and try and pray for them, before I rush to try and quote scriptures to them, I can just sit in the moment and show care towards them. And this is what I believe, why I believe part of why God allowed me to write this book. So this is why I wrote the book. Thank you all for joining. In weeks to come, I'm going to be sharing some other things with you. Um, and I appreciate all of you. You all be blessed. Find purpose in your pain. I was gone for a while, locked up, stuck in quarantine. I had a voice in my head saying, this is not the end of me.